A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is The Fray Podcast, brought to you by TheFray.com, a place for women who want more from life. This is what I want, this is what I need If you don't have to go, I can set you free Are you gonna make a move? Are you gonna come and see? Whatever you wanna do, you know what's cool with me Today's podcast is part two of answering anonymously submitted questions. If you haven't listened to part one, Firstly, I explain a little system I've got in place so that I'm not exposed to nasty anonymous messages because you do have to protect the things that come into your energy field at times. Um, And also in that episode, I really focus on answering questions that were anonymously submitted about the topic of work. So if that interests you in particular and you haven't listened to that episode, maybe jump back. In that episode, I talk about influencer marketing. I also talk about the streams of revenue I have in my own business, my what my day actually looks like, and I disclose things that I haven't shared before. So have a listen to that episode, part one of the anonymous questions. If you haven't, this episode, I'm going to move through and answer pretty much every question that was submitted in regards to relationship stuff, as well as, you know, there are a few things there, I think, on kids as well. Um, So I just have these in a document in front of me and I'll burn through them. I'll answer them to the best of my ability. I've not prepared answers for any of these. So excuse me if there are pauses while I think, Um, but it's just, it's just a real response, I guess. Number one, Are you thankful for your separation as it brought you to your new and final love? So grateful. So grateful for my separation now. Grateful for the breakup that I went through after my separation. Just beyond. Really, really grateful and thankful. Yeah, so that's an easy one. Um, I say it's an easy one, but look, I will just extend on it a little bit. Going through a divorce, particularly when you have children, even without kids, but obviously kids adds a whole other layer of um, challenge and things you need to consider. Going through a divorce is the hardest thing I have ever gone through and I would not wish that pain and discomfort on anyone. That said, I would take I would take that pain and those dark times over now knowing what and how I am in my life and what I have in my life and who I have in my life. Yes. Um, Can you elaborate more on the work you did on yourself after your marriage breakdown? Do you still practice pain versus pleasure and believe there is more than one soulmate? So a couple of questions there in the one. Can I elaborate more on the work that I did on myself after the marriage? I have done an episode where I talk about manifesting my dream man And in that episode, I really break down the fact that, yes, I think to a certain extent I manifested this relationship, but I manifested it through the work I did, through the therapy, through the self-interrogation and reflection and being willing to change. So the work I did on myself, I guess, 
the first thing that comes to mind is I really had to, just for my own peace of mind, understand why I had made certain choices that I'd made in the past in terms of partners. The through line for me previously has been choosing men that are unavailable emotionally or sometimes just unavailable because they don't live close by in terms of the people that I would be attracted to dating after my marriage. Um, The emotional unavailability thing, I really wanted to work out why did I feel like that's what I deserved? Why was that comfortable for me to choose men that were really black and white and a bit tougher and that I couldn't really get to know or that I felt like I couldn't really show my full self to. I wanted to work that out for myself because I didn't want to repeat that. I didn't want to end up in a relationship again where I felt more valued, not for who I truly was, but for perhaps what I represented. When I was working on myself and trying to understand that a lot of it came down to childhood beliefs and what was normal for me as a kid I would say my dad he is great he loves us all so much but he grew up in a time where things are very black and white and there's not a lot of emotional nuances and the things that he really values or presents to value um it's not really so much about depth it's much more surface level so then as I grew up those were the things that I felt it was normal for a man to value more um, your exterior over your interior so to speak so I really had to do some work on why did I have that belief that the most valuable thing I could bring to a relationship was the exterior appearance or trying to be perfect for that person Why did I think it was so important to grow up, find a good man, have good kids, have a good life? And this is all in quotes, good, good, good. And what did good even mean to me? You know, I had to really break that down. How did I end up in the marriage that I was in? Why did I choose that? Why did that feel right for me at the time? What version of me was that satisfying? And what version, like what parts of me was that not working for? So a lot of the work was on childhood beliefs, um, why I developed them, what beliefs I wanted to put down and what was truly important to me moving forward. What was the life, what's the life like that I want and who do I want to be in this world because we only get to do it once. So I know that might sound a bit abstract, But a lot of it was talking with my therapist about things that happened when I was a kid and things that were normal and just that through line and understanding why. And I guess once I could understand why that felt good for me and why I was making those choices and then I could compare it to what I truly want and what will truly be satisfying for me, I could then make a decision to choose differently and to notice, oh, okay, this feels good because it's familiar and it's comfortable, but that's not actually what I need or want. Um, Yeah, other work I did a lot on my own identity, um, not relying so much on someone else to give me a sense of purpose. That whole good thing, I think that's 
a common thread for a lot of females is like we're conditioned to be quiet and compliant and follow the path, be good, be easy, don't ruffle anyone's feathers. And so because I feel like I was very conditioned to be that way, and it's probably just my natural inclination as well. You know, I'm someone who has always found it easier to please others than to speak up and say what's on my mind. You know, even as a kid, I never had to have the last word. I was the kid that my parents would always say, she's our easy one. Because if you even raised your voice or looked at me in a certain way, I'd crumble and go to pieces and want to hide. And so I think with that, just understanding a bit of that, that psychology of like being good, being primed for this is what a good life looks like. And then that makes sense as to why the puzzle pieces fit together. I know that sounds abstract, but I'm trying to speak respectfully as well. Maybe I should have thought about my answers before I read through these questions. Um, But yeah, I'd say that's the main crux of the work that I did to be able to choose a different relationship and to access a different version for myself and a different love. Do I still practice pain versus pleasure? Absolutely. Just on the weekend, we were talking about this at dinner. Every single decision in life comes down to pain versus pleasure. Right down to the small things like, is the pain of going outside and hanging up a load of washing at the end of the day worth the pleasure of knowing tomorrow when you wake up that it's done? Right through to the big stuff. Is the pain of budgeting and saving and sacrificing worth the pleasure of knowing that you're working towards your goal? Is the pain of getting up early and really grinding to start your business worth the pleasure of then getting that lifestyle when you can work from home? Every decision, like think about your day right now. Every decision is pain versus pleasure. So yes, it's always on my mind. I really believe in it. Um, Do you believe there is more than one soulmate? So I am on the record as saying that I do not believe that there is only one person for everyone out there. I think that we could have many different versions of our life and be all sorts of different versions of happy. You might meet a partner and have one level of happiness, but then meet another one and have a different version of happiness. I don't think there's only one person. And if you miss them, you're doomed to never have a good life. I think that you can have all sorts of different versions of your life. Um, I do think that you probably have more than one soulmate in different ways because a soulmate could come into your life as a friend, as your child. Um, I guess it depends what you define soulmate as, but I don't think that there's just one perfect person. And if you miss that person or that relationship ends, that you're then never going to be happy again. I don't believe in that. I do believe in the power of choice. Um, You know, in saying that, I'm so fascinated by the alchemy of different people, you know, just the combination of what a relationship can be like and how different it can be. And that's like the beauty of it, right? You might be in a relationship that's great and then for whatever reason it ends and then you find another one and you're like, oh my gosh, I never knew this existed and it all makes sense that that other relationship had to end. But maybe that relationship was a soulmate in a way as well because It's all part of your journey and your growth. And I think that's what we're here to do. We're here to grow and learn. Um, There's a question here that I, I don't understand. I wonder if it's missing a word, but it says, 
How do you find genuine feeling of love from your marriage to your new partner? I don't know if I'm being daft, but I don't really understand what that's asking. So I'll skip that one. Tips on getting kids to change their diet and eat healthier when they are fussy and hate vegetables, primary school aged kids. Oh, this is like, (laughs) I just feel it in my soul. I'm really, we're working on trying to get the kids to try more foods, to be more adventurous with food and to get more greens into their systems. My boys are not overly adventurous with food. And I think that's reflective of the fact that I'm pretty boring with food. I can easily eat the same thing day in, day out. Um, Because since having Brendan join us for most meals and the kids see what he's eating, they're willing to eat so much more. And I'm like, oh, yes, perhaps this is my fault that they're not that adventurous. Um, How to get kids to eat more. I think making it manageable for them. So if it's a new food, introducing a small amount of it, We've had some success with making mealtimes more fun. So we've started just doing the last couple of weeks Taco Tuesday and the kids are trying more food because it's fun. It's low pressure. If I sat them down and was like, all right, eat this tomato and eat this lettuce and eat this onion, they wouldn't, I I think it would be a battle. Like I could force them to do it, but none of us would have a good time. Whereas with this Taco Tuesday thing we've started doing, and this was courtesy of Brendan, his idea, We put on like a little Mexican playlist, put all the foods out, encourage them to help themselves and really just try and enjoy the actual meal so it's not a lot of pressure on them. That's probably a big one. I think when mealtimes get tense, everything becomes hard. So if you can keep it lighter, perhaps small amounts, just exposing them to seeing different foods, seeing you eat different foods is something I'm learning is super important Um, and also just choosing choosing your battles as well I know in the past when I've spoken to doctors about this they'll say to me kids are exceptionally good at getting what they need so don't stress too much Um, but yeah I don't know if that's super helpful I know there are dedicated accounts out there where nutritionists share meals and recipes for sneaking vegetables in. So that could be another one, you know, where you're grating vegetables into pasta sauce or into a frittata um, or into their smoothies, that sort of stuff. Um, I definitely don't have all of the answers on that one. But yeah, I would say exposure to different foods, small amounts, not too much pressure. Maybe you can sneak stuff in encouragement and praise for when they do try things Um, but yeah I feel you it can be tricky for sure what is your hair routine it always looks so good is that because you were a hairdresser so there's a fun fact for people who don't know I did my hairdressing apprenticeship when I left high school so I am a qualified hairdresser Um, I think my hair my hair does not look good right now I haven't washed it in seven days it looks disgusting um you guys see it on social media and might think it always looks so good but in real life it doesn't always look so good because I work out probably five times a week so my hair gets pretty gross and I will just scrape it back I don't love washing and blow drying my hair I mean I don't mind it when I'm doing it but it's the thought of it you know how it's like oh I just don't want to wash it and dry it so I try and only do that maybe every six days or so. Um, 
I use good quality products on my hair. The reason it's super thick all the way to the ends is because I have hair extensions. So it's hard to have blonde hair that's super thick and super, super healthy. But I do have hair extensions that I get done at Show Off Hair in Burley if you're local. And they are the type of extension that is braided in. So I've had tape, I've had beads, I've had glue in the past through my career of being a hairdresser. But this braided weft is by far the best method of extensions I've ever had. Hardly any damage on your hair. They sit well, you can wear them up, you just treat it like normal hair. But that's why my hair looks so thick all the way to the ends is because it's not my hair. I do use good quality products on them that I purchased from Show Off as well. I probably, because I am a hairdresser, I can blow dry it properly. Like I can give it a good round brush and I know how to style it. So yes, it might look good to you for that reason, because I do know how to do those things for myself. Lately, I've been using Velcro rollers because I like the look of a really full fluffy blow dry at the moment. Trends change and um, obviously sometimes it's all about really straight hair and sometimes it's more about the beachy wave. But right now I'm just enjoying that kind of almost 90s Rachel from Friends soft blow dry look. So after I dry my hair with a round brush, I then section it up and use Velcro rollers that I just purchased from Big W. And yeah, just roll my hair, then let it cool down completely in that. And it gives it like a nice full look. And I feel like I'm getting longer out of my wash and blow dry as well because there's more volume in it. I also get more volume out of my blow dry when my color's fresh because the color expands like the hair at the root and just makes it fluffier and hold the blow dry better. Whereas when you get a bit of regrowth, you get, you know, more of a natural oil because your hair's not as dry. You get more oil um, at your part. So a blow dry won't last as long and it can look a little flatter. (laughs) Question, how much did your house sell for in the divorce? I don't think that's um, something I could share on the podcast. Not because it was a big amount. I wish I wish that was the reason. More just because I try and be respectful um, to everyone involved. I will say that the house sold off market. I would have preferred to put it on the market and sell it because I think that we would have gotten a better outcome. But again, I wasn't the only one able to make those decisions. And ultimately, it was just something that at that time, I didn't have it in me to fight about. I just wanted it done. Favorite season and favorite time of the day, summer for sure. And I love sunrise and sunset. Um, I know that's very cliche. I could happily never see a winter again. I hate being cold. I hate wearing layers. I hate anything below 24 degrees. I am a baby when it comes to being cold. That's why I always have a hot water bottle on me. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. What foods do you hate? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my mind that I'm like, I hate that food, get it away from me. I hate, hate, hate it. 
there are definitely things I'm not fond of. Um, first thing that came to mind is like the other day Brendan was drinking a no sugar Fanta and I had a sip of it and I'm like, oh yeah, no, orange soft drinks aren't for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything I super hate. There are definitely foods that I won't go out of my way to eat. There's a lot of meat that I won't go out of my way to eat at all. Um, sorry, I know that's boring. I can't think of something in particular. Once I finish this episode, I'll be like, oh, that's something I hate. But yeah, can't think of anything at the moment. Have I ever sold feet pics or would I? (laughs) No, I've never sold photos of my feet. Would I? Probably not. (laughs) I can't imagine a world. I can't imagine lining up a sale of a photo of my feet. That's funny. I do think I have nice feet, but no, I'm not looking to sell photos of them. What are your thoughts on a man... Sorry, what are your thoughts on a man that has decided to cheat on his wife and destroy his family, four children, and lie about it? I mean, that's a very specific, what are my thoughts on a man? What are my thoughts on that man? Destroy his family and lie about it. It's obviously so many nuances. There's obviously so many layers happening there. I don't really feel like it's my right to comment on that situation. I think when it comes to infidelity, learning from Esther Perel, she is such a voice in that field that I would encourage you to listen to her work. She's much more qualified than I am to speak to that topic. Obviously, there's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain there. The thing that I have learned is like a relationship is the space between two people and we're always contributing towards that space. Um, and it sounds like, sounds like you're in a lot of pain and I'm really, really sorry for that. Definitely look up Esther Perel, um, and see if you can find any help or peace from her work. Relationships are hard. They can be hard. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't have specific thoughts for that situation just because there's nothing that I can say that's going to be overly helpful other than encouraging you to seek some guidance from someone a little more qualified in that space. But I'm sorry that you're in pain. Of course, I imagine um, you're feeling betrayed and deeply hurt and confused and overwhelmed. And of course, you would feel that way. Like, of course you would feel that way right now. It would be incredibly painful. So please, please get yourself some support and guidance by someone who's qualified to really help you through that situation. It seems, this is the next one. It seems like Brendan is all in, in a way that maybe the others never were. Would that be accurate? Yes, definitely. Like there's no two ways about it. I haven't ever met someone who like is all in in all aspects of life um yeah so yeah definitely 100% how do I get out of my mind during sex and intimacy I feel so self-conscious it almost blocks the pleasure I overthink I worry about showing too much or too little enjoyment etc how do I get out of my mind during sex and intimacy I think Practicing mindfulness just in your everyday life would help. So really allowing yourself to connect to joy and pleasure throughout the day, as silly as it sounds, but even just really enjoying the pleasure of sun on your skin, 
enjoying the pleasure of a massage, enjoying the food that you're eating, enjoying like lighter, like even non-sexual touch, really enjoying kisses. Practice that first. And I think that that will then help you to develop the skill of getting out of your mind and more into your body, more about the thinking, sorry, less about the thinking and more about the feeling of the actual experience. Um, Just on the topic of mindfulness, I'm often saying to myself, current moment only moment. If I notice my mind wandering as I'm doing things, I'm like current moment only moment and bringing my mind back to the task at hand. Not that sex should be a task at hand. I think it also maybe sounds like you're a lot more worried about the other person in sex in terms of you're worrying about showing too much or too little enjoyment. That makes me think that you're worried about sex through their lens. You know, are you are you showing them? Are you giving them the experience that you think that they want, such as are you trying to mimic what you've seen in porn or you know you're just self-conscious about enjoying things but you're self-conscious because you're worried about how they're viewing you and it sounds like you need to get much more worried about how you're feeling and connect to your body and your experience and it's one of those paradoxes the more you connect to your body and your experience and you truly allow yourself to have pleasure the more your partner will enjoy it as well. Maybe have a little bit of a think about just who are you thinking about in sex? Are you preoccupied with making sure that your partner is having a good experience? And what does that even mean? Where did you learn this measure from? Um, If you're feeling self-conscious, what are you self-conscious about? Is it something you can talk to your partner about? Because maybe you are self-conscious about the way your vulva looks or something. But if you just say that to your partner and he or she reassures you, that might be really helpful. Or maybe you're worried about how you sound or how you look. So just ask the question. And it can be uncomfortable to ask it, but it could really alleviate so many of your concerns in life often we get concerned about things that aren't even real it's in our mind so if you can have that open conversation because sex is so fun sex is like it's one of the best things ever if you can actually really enjoy yourself so it could even be about educating yourself on what other people look like on what other people sound like when they orgasm as well i know that um with the Gwyneth Paltrow Goop series, Goop Lab series she had on Netflix. They had an episode where they showed people orgasming and what it was actually like in real life, not the version of people coming on steroids where it's so over the top and it's so theatrical and it's all designed for the cis (laughs) um, male to enjoy. So maybe it's more about education. I would say having a conversation with your significant other, with the person you're sleeping with, practicing mindfulness, connecting to pleasure more, speaking up and owning your pleasure. We're not doing anyone any favors if we don't speak up and tell people what we like. Maybe masturbating more and getting more comfortable 
with your own body and what you like as well. Because if you don't know what you like, it's then hard to express that to your partner as well. Hopefully that's helpful. Um, Can you know what the right thing is to do, but still not want to do it? Like I know what the next step is to take, but I think fear stops me. The thing that um, stands out for me then is I think fear stops me. So I know what the right thing is to do, but I think fear stops me. I would encourage you to get really clear on what the block is. Is it fear? And if it's fear, what's the actual fear? And can you speak to it? Um, Tim Ferriss has this great little experiment that he calls fear setting, where you actually look at the fears that are coming up for you in, in life and you talk to them and you come up with like, solutions for those fears so getting clear is it fear that stops you or is it something else is it other people's opinion is it a logistical reason like a financial reason and then what is what like what's behind those reasons so if it is fear what's the actual fear and how can you address it is it a fear of failure So then it might help you to sit down and write out a plan for what would happen if you fail. What would you learn? What would you take from it? How would you grow? Because I think that if you know what the right thing is to do, but you still don't want to do it, it's just getting really clear on, is it the right thing to do? Because you don't want to take an action. um, You don't want to take an action and then realize, oh, actually, that wasn't the right thing. That was much more of a surface level thing, if that makes sense. This is such an ambiguous question because it could be down to, you know, is the right thing to leave my husband, but I'm afraid to do it. And it's like, well, maybe you're in a dangerous situation where you're experiencing domestic violence or coercive control. And then that would be a different fear level to the person who perhaps is afraid of then having to support their children through a separation. It's hard to speak specifically to this question, but my advice here, unqualified, I was going to say unsolicited, but it's not because you asked. Um, My advice here is to just really speak to, is it fear that's stopping you and what is the fear? How to survive the first trimester symptoms without telling anyone. Do you have to not tell people? Are you not telling people for a reason that's really important to you? Um, How to survive those symptoms? I, I can't speak to it because when I fell pregnant, I did not want to tell people I was pregnant. Um, I just wasn't ready to, but I was so sick. It was so incredibly hard to hide. I was spewing all of the time. I couldn't eat the foods I wanted to eat. I like my whole diet, everything changed. I was so sick. I was so unwell that I ended up having to tell people earlier. So how to survive the first trimester symptoms. It depends on the symptoms you have. I would just encourage you to sort of ask yourself, why don't you want to tell people? Um, And it's totally fine if if you don't want to tell people. But why don't you want to tell them? Connecting to that, how to do it, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people would see symptoms 
and perhaps assume that someone's pregnant, but without asking or without bringing it up until that person was ready, like just respectfully, they might assume it or know it deep down, but not bring it up anyway. I guess you just have to say that you're feeling really tired. You're feeling run down. It just depends what your symptoms are. Um, sorry, that's not helpful, is it? But I know how hard it can be. But I couldn't hide it because I was throwing up and losing weight and only able to eat lemonade ice blocks. Speaking of eating, what does a day on your plate look like? Um, it's at the moment, I mean, it does vary. At the moment, I still tend to eat like my breakfast later and have like a bigger meal. I wouldn't say that I, I definitely don't do intermittent fasting. Um, and it's more just, I'm not super hungry when I wake up. If I am hungry, I'll eat, but I'll have a coffee. Then I'll kind of get stuck into the day. I might do a workout so that I'm not hungry first thing. When I am hungry, lately I've been loving these. They're called Genius Foods is the brand. It's like this pita bread. I just really like the taste of it. And so today I will have avocado. And then on the top of it, um, this salsa thing that we've been making, keeping in the fridge. And it's just diced tomato, red onion, jal- um, jalapenos, red wine vinegar, lemon and lime. I thought there's something else. Oh, and shallots. And it's just really nice because it, I don't know, it like marinates in the vinegar and the lemon and the lime in the fridge. Then I put that on my toasted pita with avocado and it's yum. Um, I don't have it like, I'm not like, oh, this is exactly what I eat every day. I'm pretty boring. Then after that, I might have like later on in the afternoon, a banana. Like, I, I don't know. It's not super specific. I kind of just intuitively eat these days. and I'm really enjoying it. I'm loving now that Brendan's like, not in camp and he's eating normally I'm really enjoying our meals together although when he was in camp our dinners were just nice anyway salads and vegetables and a protein salmon um I'll have smoked salmon most days not super helpful but yeah I don't have a super consistent day I just kind of eat what I feel like the week before my period I definitely eat more food I just notice that I'm hungrier um, yeah. And then we've been having ice creams each night as well, which I've spoken about in podcasts too before. How long is my natural hair? Back to that hair question. My natural hair, let me just feel it. Um, my natural hair is actually pretty much the length of my extensions, but the top layer of my hair isn't that long yet. Once that top layer of my hair gets down to my chin, I think I'll cut it to chin length and have a bit of a short bob for a bit. Um, how do you show up differently in this new relationship compared to your marriage? I'm just myself. That's like the overwhelming thing is I'm not biting my tongue. I'm just, I don't know. That's the thing that I feel with this relationship is I'm really myself and just being an advocate for myself, which sounds funny, but I don't know, just noticing like if I have something in my mind or like that feeling in my stomach where I want to say something or I'm feeling like I'm compromising too much, I'll just say it. And that's probably the biggest change for me is I just feel like I'm able to show all facets of myself. Whereas in the past, I think I've worked to just show like one version of myself. Whereas I'm so much more at peace with like the whole version of me, like the messy and the 
difficult and the challenging times are part of it and it's okay to show someone else that as well. In fact, it's incredibly important, a lot more vulnerable um, and honest with how I'm feeling and what I want. I also feel like this relationship is so fun, so fun. Um, There's so many differences But yeah, I would say, how do I show up differently? It's by speaking my truth and knowing what I need and knowing what I value and not being willing to allow myself to resent someone by not expressing what I need. Last but not least, well, maybe least because I don't actually have a good answer to this, but have you ever been jealous of a partner's ex-girlfriend or ex-partner? How do you overcome this? Not since high school. I can remember, um, not even high school, when I was 18, I had a boyfriend and I remember feeling quite jealous of his ex-girlfriend and comparing myself to her. But I was a teenager. I have not felt that as an adult. Um, yeah, so I don't have a great a great answer of that. I think jealousy sometimes can be a really good thing to feel because it can give you an insight into what you desire or what you, I don't know, what you perceive that you lack maybe, or it can just highlight something that you want as well. Um, someone recently commented on Instagram and said that they're really happy for me in my relationship, but they find themselves comparing their relationship now to what I'm showing. And my response was something along the lines of don't ever compare yourself to a stranger's relationship on the internet. It's a snapshot. None of us know what's around the corner for us. So you might be feeling something in your relationship and you perceive someone else to be in a completely different place and you're so jealous, but who knows what's coming for that person? Who knows what's coming for me really? And who knows what's coming for you? You don't know if your relationship's about to take a turn and be incredibly better because something happens where you both work on something, you know, like you just don't know what's going to happen. So try not to be jealous of anyone's relationship. The second part to that is if you are comparing yourself and you're noticing parts of your relationship, you feel like it's falling short in different areas rather than wallowing on that and beating yourself up or continuing to compare and noticing the lack, take that Intel and see what you can do with it. So if you look at a relationship on the internet and just because it's easy, say you look at what I share and go, oh, I'm now comparing my relationship because the man that I'm involved with isn't as taken with my children, isn't as committed to showing up for my kids and I'm feeling envious and I'm comparing my relationship. That's good intel for you then because you can go, huh, Maybe that's what I want. Maybe I want them to show up more. And it's acknowledging maybe it's just a different timeline. Who knows what's around the corner? Or maybe then you can take that to that person and have a respectful com- um, respectful conversation where you communicate that desire. Don't sit in the envy or the frustration. Go deeper. What is the desire? What is the need that you would like met? Go to your person and communicate it. And hopefully then you can work together as a team to try and meet that need or work toward meeting that need. If that makes sense. 
I think often we get stuck in that surface level emotion of going, oh, I'm comparing and I'm feeling lack of and I don't want to look at that person anymore because it makes me feel bad. That's just so surface level. Do the work and go a little bit deeper. Why do I feel bad? What is it that I want more of? Can I access more of that? Do I just need to remind myself that none of us know what's happening and this is just a snapshot in that person's life at this moment and we're never going to marry up completely in terms of you, it'd be very rare to look at someone and be like, oh, we're at the exact same thing at the exact same time. Everyone takes a different amount of time to get certain places. You know, you got to go at your own speed. Anyway, that is the last question um, that I'll answer for this episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, let me know. Maybe I can put that anonymous question thing up again and answer more. As always, it would mean the world to me. If you share this episode on your Instagram story, tag me at Kylie Camps or at The Fray. I'd love to see you over in our Fray Facebook group. And don't forget, if you are interested in self-growth, self-reflection, if you want to connect to your values, your intuition, you know, back to that question about being unsure if it's fear holding you back, get the blueprint, do some work, work out what your values are, connect to your vision, create that vision board, the blueprint takes you through it, look at your habits, look at your routine, your inspired action. The blueprint is there for you. It has about four hours of audio as well. So you can just listen to the blueprint if you want. And our discount code exclusive for podcast listeners is podcast20 for 20% off. Podcast20, all in capitals, for 20% off our blueprint program. Available at thefray.com. All right, team, thank you so much for listening in. I really do appreciate it. And I'll speak with you very soon. Don't have to go, I can set you free Are you gonna make-